sit down with your team member if you can, even if it's you know, once a day for 15 minutes or once a week for 30 or 60 or whatever that is, it's like being intentional about it just to give them a safe place to be able to just talk about what's ever on their mind. You know, maybe they're not in the right role. Welcome to the Strategy with Jason podcast. Tune in for everything you need to know to stay in the know regarding the automotive industry. Here's your host, Jason Harris. Hey, 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 what's going on, Podcast Nation? It is Jason Harris here, and thank you for joining me on another episode of Strategy with Jason, where I get to talk about anything and everything I want to talk about when it comes to the automotive industry. Why? Because it's my show. No, I'm just kidding. Hey, uh, we appreciate you guys. If you're out there watching, listening, we appreciate you taking the time to join us today. I am here with an amazing guest. I've been so excited to talk to this individual because we've known each other for a while. We've done a couple podcasts, and I'm just so excited to find out what he's been up to and how things are changing for him. I have the one, the only, the oh-so-famous Brandon Wilkinson. Brandon, what's up? How you doing? Hey, buddy. Thank you for having me on again, Matt. I, I really appreciate it. I wasn't sure after the first couple if you're going to welcome me back or not. So I appreciate <laughs> it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> no, dude, I love jamming with you, man, because like, yeah. we can talk about anything and everything when it comes to leadership. And I, you know, yeah. I mean, look, I think last time me and you jammed, it was a, a super important and relevant time to be talking about leadership. But I think, yeah. right now, even more so, man, you know, coming off of what's happened over the last few years and now getting into a position where it's not enough just to be able to flip the light switch on in your dealership and make money. Um, you actually have to kind of get back to, you know, who are the leaders? How are they leading? And we're going to get into this day. So I'm, 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 I'm stoked. I'm very, very stoked to be doing this with you. Awesome. But, you. Uh, but before we get down our rabbit holes, and I know we're going to find some sure. fun ones today. You know, yeah. I love taking off these podcasts with a little origin story. Look, A, because sure. I'm always fascinated. Look, no, yeah. one, no, no one wakes up one day and goes, huh, I'm going to be in the automotive industry. That sounds amazing. Um, <laughs> so I'm always fascinated. So how yeah. people get into it. So let's start with that. What is the origin story, Brandon, of you getting into the automotive industry? Sure. Um, definitely not a car guy. So I uh, <laughs> grew up actually as a welder. Um, so I, I joke kind of a little bit like I was born with a welder in my hand. That's kind of where my, my, uh, uh, history lies. That's what, that's what my uh, family had for, for their business. And then, um, I was 22 years old. I remember going into uh, a dealership and the way the dealership was set up at that, at that store is it was almost like a fishbowl. So it had a whole bunch of, um, offices all collectively together, uh, inside the middle of the showroom. And so anyway, I was in there making small talk while my wife's vehicle was getting serviced. And uh, I noticed that there is out of the six offices, there's four of them that were, that were dark. And so I'm talking to the salesperson and, and like, I got, you know, dirt on my hands. I'm, I'm in no way uh, a salesperson at this point. And <laughs> I still don't know, man, like what came over me at that time. And I think this is kind of a lesson in reflection that like really lean into your intuition. And, um, you know, we hear about, you know, follow your passion. I, I think to a degree, your passion kind of finds you. And this is an example of that where, um, you know, I look at Troy, the salesperson, and I'm like, you know, man, I see you have four offices that are empty is like, I could fill one of those for you if you want. And I'm just like, and he, and he's like, yeah, man, let's do it. Like I'll, we're actually looking for people. I'll go get my sales manager. And as he gets up, he's like literally getting up and going to get the sales manager. I'm just like, I start sweating. I'm like, what did I just do? Uh, 
worked out obviously did really well they were desperate they hired me uh gave me a shot and had a great support system around me at that time to really really get my career going and, and everything happened really fast dude like 22 years old and then by the time i was 28 um i partnered into a chrysler store and then i did that right up until I actually signed off on the sale of the dealership in february of 2020 did a couple other things um and now i'm now I'm uh, in a in a great position. It's it's something that I love to do. It's it's definitely a passion of mine, and I'm with I'm really fortunate because I'm with an incredible dealer group, an incredible family uh, owned dealer group, and the Bannisters here in Kelowna, BC, and and the partners are phenomenal, and the team around me is phenomenal. So um, I just feel super blessed to be the director of leadership and performance, and we just kind of got that kicked off at the start of September, so we're in the early stages of it. Um, but excited to see what we can do with it. So that's yeah, in a nutshell awesome. my story. I'm, I'm, so. I'm, glad, I'm glad you stumbled your way into the automotive industry. And you know what, I'm gonna share something with you. I remember yeah. when we first met, it was at a conference, I believe in Vancouver. And and I remember this because we somehow got invited, or we, got, we both got invited to the same dinner. Yeah, and, right. yeah. And we were at this dinner and I remember we got into an argument. Um, we, we, we did, we, we got into a, like a <laughs> conversational argument about operations and, and like, and I'm like, yeah. who is this guy? What is he? But, but you know what? Um, I, I think what it was is at the time, uh, you know, what you were pushing was quite progressive. And I think I was pushing back on that, you know, right. and you know, it, it just goes to show that, you know, Hey, you know, um, uh, you know, relationships grow our friendship kind of grew. I was like you know what yeah back you know and and but what yeah. I loved about you was was you know you didn't back down so I was aggressive and pushing back on you and you were aggressive pushing back on me and you know what honestly I think that's the best thing ever and I think that's kind of right. what this industry needs sometimes we need you know and, and I need it sometimes I tell my team to push back on me and I think you know I know we've talked about this before and I think that's one of many different signs of a good leader is that they can accept kind of this pushback right and still you know be able to take away you know bits and pieces of the information that was look I think at the end of the day a good leader can learn anything from anybody but that's a mindset that they need to get into. And I remember, so I'm going to admit something to you. When I first met you, my emotional intelligence, um, and that's our first topic today, it's going to be EI, right? My, okay, yeah. my emotional intelligence was not overly high. And right. you know, and I think when you know we first talked and you, you, were, you were kind of laying out this kind of operational idea and stuff like that, I think my yeah. first, that's fucking stupid. You know, yeah. why, why did someone, well, in fairness, it probably was. <laughs> oh, no, no, it wasn't. But, but it's, you know, but since, since I've known you and I've, yeah. I've gone through kind of this journey of, because look, dude, I, look, I, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a traditional, you know, OG car guy, right? It is suck it up, buttercup, 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 yeah. suck it up, buttercup, check it at the door, shut the hell up yeah. and get back to work, right? Like yeah. that yeah, was yeah. my emotion because that's how I yeah. got trained. Like, I yeah. got trained like that. Um, yeah. And, you know, but so many amazing things have happened to me since I've become more emotionally intelligent. But I want to okay. get into this. This is my first question then for you is, sure. you know, first off, let, let's, in your words, define, you know, emotional intelligence. And then also let's get into how that impacts, you know, a dealership, you know, on a daily basis. Yeah. Well, first of all, man, I just acknowledge you for going through your own sort of, you know, if it's a mini transformation, let's call it because I can relate, man. That's how I was when I first got going because I didn't know any different. And 
and that's how I was raised as well is, is very much just suck it up. You know, if, if you're not, you were scared to get caught, not working hard um, exactly. in the, in the shop, it's just the way that it was and, and worry that you're going to get in trouble. There wasn't a lot of psychological safety. Not that I knew what that term was at the time, but mm-hmm. it just wasn't there. And so that's the way that I was programmed. And, and I had to go through, uh, a really, um, yeah, I'll share it. Like I went through a really transformational process both on a, on a personal level and on a personal level and on a professional level. So the professional one was that, yeah, it got to a point where the way that I was doing things just wasn't working Mm -hmm. and it was in the moment, it was very difficult, obviously very challenging. Um, uh, I don't know if, yeah, humiliating to a degree, I would say like I had a, I had a, a mutiny on my hands from the, from the sales team when I was a sales manager because of how I was doing things. There was a certain expectation that I had. It was, you know, if I was pulling 12 hour shifts, then the expectation was that you were pulling 12 hour shifts. Like I had no, no patience or understanding, um, or empathy, uh, for anything that was going on in your world outside of the dealership. And so that's just what I knew. It's, it's all I knew. And that's how I lived it. And I thought like, why wouldn't people want to do that? Look, like, look at me, I'm 24, you know, in hindsight, it sounds so ridiculous, but like, I'm 24, I'm a sales manager. We're doing 80 vehicles a month. Like we're, we're crushing it. Like, why wouldn't you want to be in this position? And, and if you want to be in this position, then this is, these are the steps you got to take and you got to follow my lead with it. And that's how I view leadership. And I had it wrong on so many levels and I didn't know that at the time. So anyway, went through, um, a really hard conversation with the general manager at the time. And it was, what a gift it was in hindsight, because, um, you know, he's like, look, Wilkie, you got to change, but or else you're gonna have a mutiny on your hands. And so right after that, like went straight downstairs from the boardroom and pulled every single salesperson, um, into the office, gave them that psychological safety. They're kind of confused at first, but it was like, Hey, look, reassurance. There's, there's absolutely nothing bad that's going to happen on this conversation. Only good. Um, safe to say whatever you want to say. You know, and, and the first person I brought into the brought into the room and sat down, and he's like, "Well, you're an arrogant asshole." <laughs> I was like, All right, noted. <laughs> so that really started my my uh, you know the philosophy that I had about leadership. That that was kind of the starting point. And was then, was was uh, that that was your aha moment, right? It uh, was on a professional level, yeah, yeah. So I, I had a similar aha moment. Actually, it was kind of a funny one because I want to share it real quick. Then I want you to continue. But yeah. um, uh, for Christmas, one of my staff members crocheted a pillow for me that said, shut the hell up and get back to work. Oh, okay. Got it. And, yeah. and when I first received the present, I took it as this monster insults. And then I had a moment that's like, wow, I say that a lot. Um, so I had, I had a similar aha moment, but go ahead continue with your story. But I think everybody like that has to have that kind of aha moment to get into a mindset where they can kind of explore this journey of creating a emotionally safe place. So go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a trigger for transformation. So Mm -hmm. it was a blessing and hindsight and a gift, and I'm so grateful for it now. And again, like that, that's sort of my, uh, professional transformation. And then, um, and then that then led to my, uh, personal transformation. I started to, um, you know, understand myself better. Um, you know, I had no emotional control, uh, back in my twenties, nor did my dad, like that's who mm-hmm. I got a lot of my programming from and, and bless him. And I love him and all that kind of stuff. And he did the best that he could with his programming, but it's just what it is. And, and so the way I look at, um, 
you know, circle back to the original question, the way that I look at emotional intelligence is really just your awareness around your emotions. And all an emotion is, is just energy in motion. And so we don't have to get soft about it. It's just, you know, we hear about soft skills. It's, you know, like what Simon Sinek uh, talks about, and he, he frames it as they're not soft skills, they're human skills. And we need that to your point earlier at the beginning of this conversation that like we need that today more than ever. Um, so we have to become adaptable, I find, as leaders um, because there's a lot of change. And, and we've, as everybody knows, man, like we've, we've um, in company, like, like think about how much change we've had to embrace over the last three, four years. I mean, I know Absolutely crazy. You, were, you were sharing your story, you know, and there's a lot of dealers that struggled through that, through that process. And, um, you know, families that were inside the dealership, you know, salespeople or advisors or whoever it is that, that struggled through that as well. And, and uh, so we do have to embrace the humanity a little bit more, in my opinion, um, for that. And I th when I think about uh, emotional intelligence and I think about what you said about like it kind of, I think you kind of framed it as though it starts with, you know, the leader and leadership. And so my thought on leadership is really, um, you know, I was sharing this story on another podcast recently. Um, and so I have two books that are beside my bed and I'll share, you know, what, how I think about leadership and, and how it all ties together. So I have two books, uh, beside my bed. One of them is as a man thinketh by James Allen. And the reason why I like these two books is because they're only like 60 pages. <laughs> so, um, I don't, I'm not much of a, like a physical reader anymore. It's more audio, but, um, yeah. So anyway, James Allen, as a man thinketh. And then the other one is the Tao Te Ching. And I was, reading that a few years ago and came across this passage in there and it just hit me square between the eyes of like, yes, this is leadership the way that I view leadership personally. Mm -hmm. And that's the cool thing is man, like you'll have your definition for leadership. I'll have mine. And for the people listening to this, they'll have their own version of it. It's to make it, I think your own, like, I don't know that there is like one real definition in my opinion. Well, leadership. no, I'm with you. I don't think there's necessarily one definition, but I mean, I, this is why we started off the conversation though with emotional intelligence, because mm -hmm. I don't think if I can't deploy empathy at, you know, at, at, at scale across all situations, you know, then I don't think I can effectively ever be a true leader. So even no. there may be variances as far as what we define leadership, I think at a core, you know, if you aren't in sync with why you feel the way you're feeling, um, mm -hmm. and then also the ability to empathize with people's thoughts, feelings, and perceptions, you know, if, if you're not in a mindset, a place like that, then I don't think you can go on to that next step. And that's what we're, we're talking about now is the right. that of right. a leader, right? Right. Yeah. So if you, if you don't understand yourself and the way your own emotions work, there's no way that you're going to be able to understand how they operate in others. So it starts there. And so just to finish the thought on leadership real quick, and then, and then the mindset of, of leaders is that the way that I look at leadership is um, from the Tao Te Ching is that uh, one person becomes a model for others, uh, one department for other departments, one dealership for other dealerships, one dealer group, for other dealer groups and one industry for all industries. And so if you really follow that thread, it's like, we, I don't care about you. I don't give two shits about your title. It's like, you're, you're capable of being a great leader, regardless of where you're at in the dealership. And it's because you have the ability to influence the whole department, 
And then that department influences the dealership to be better. And then that dealership influences their dealer group and that dealer group influences another industry and so on. And so that's, that's the way that I process and that's the way that I look at it. So if we aren't able to effectively lead ourselves first, it's going to be difficult to effectively lead others. No, I, I, I totally agree. Right. And, and I look, I like the way we're kind of segmenting this out because, you know, that's a perfect segue into, you know, having, uh, maintaining that mindset of a great leader. Look, it's, it's funny. I think in our industry, we can have moments of leadership, right? Like moments, you know, yeah. um, I think you saw a lot of that happen during COVID. You know, I think yeah. you saw some amazing operators have real true moments of leadership. <laughs> yeah. We saw a lot that did not. Um, yeah. but, but that's, but that's okay. I, you know, that's sometimes what our industry needs. It needs a big shaking of the tree, you know, to really see what fruit and leaves are going to stick and the ones that are going to just kind of ultimately just fall, fall off the tree. And, and I think our industry has kind of done that, you know, um, but now what I'm kind of seeing is now, since things are, I don't want to call it getting back to normal. That's a horrible way to come in it, but let's just think things are getting more competitive, right? Yeah, it's yeah. Not, you know, it's not as easy as just flipping on the light switch and, you know, putting the open sign on. We're getting back to being a competitive industry again, both the new cars, used cars, service, every department's getting more competitive, you know, and, you know, I think, and this is what I want to get into our topic now is, is, is yes, we got great leaders, but then how do we get, you know, the difference between teamwork and team building? Because ultimately I think, you know, that is what a good leader is always striving for is to continue to kind of build the team, but then also have that, that, that strong foundation of teamwork. And I know you got some cool thoughts on this. Yeah. So like teamwork and team building. So this is part of, uh, this is part of our leadership development program that we created inside the, inside the Bansford organization. So teamwork, like think about, um, you know, it's easy to relate to sports, I guess. Right. So like with, mm -hmm. with teamwork, um, you know, how do you, how do you have the fourth line contribute? How do you have the third line? If you're thinking about it in the realm of hockey, uh, fourth line contribute, third line contribute, like everybody, um, knows that they have a role like the fourth line for example is going to have a different role than the first line yes. so the first line is really designed to go and score goals the fourth line is really to shut down if they score a goal that's a bonus and so first of all i think it's just about the understanding of what our roles are inside the dealership so for example if i'm just going to use it as a as a sales team as an example so we're always going to have that eight to ten car person yep it's just what it is Right. And then we're always going to have that 20 plus car person. It's just what it is. So, you know, if we're only speaking, if we're only talking, there's a lot more to it, but if we're only talking in terms of uh, strictly performance and selling cars in this example, then your first line player, so to speak, is your 20 plus car. And say your fourth line is that eight car person. I, what I used to beat myself up on and what I, drove me crazy was like, I, I always wanted to force that eight car guy into a 20 car guy. Of course. Because for, for a couple of reasons, one, I believe that they could, you know, he or she, I believe that they, they were capable of doing that. And I, and I just wanted to take the ownership of like helping them realize that and take them to that level. Um, but what I, it was always a frustrating process because like they didn't want to get to that level. It's what I wanted. I was putting my self-imposed <laughs> beliefs onto them and there was always friction with it. And we we're just getting, both of us were getting frustrated and it was creating a negative environment. And then I had this realization about, you know, the metaphor of first line on hockey to fourth line and everybody having a role. 
And so then we started to get an understanding of for all of us on the team, like, Hey, this is, this is where you excel. This is where you add value. Um, it may not be on the scoreboard, so to speak as much, but you add value in many other ways, whether it's contributing to the culture or making the service clients feel really safe and welcome and warm when they come in and just making small talk, like whatever those roles were, then we were able to get a lot more cohesive as a team. And it's funny because like the results just totally followed that. Like we, um, you know, for example, at that, at the GM store that I first started at, when I first started there, we were doing 25 units a month and then we built it up to 80 and that was all through kind of a similar process. So. Well, look, not everybody can be the quarterback. Right. Exactly. <laughs> well said. Yeah. You know, the other thing, can you imagine, yeah. by the way, yeah. just how funny would this be? If, and, and the reason I'm thinking of this, I just went to a, um, a Tennessee uh, volunteers game. Holy crap. College football, man, another level. Right. Like, yeah, I've never, yeah, but I've heard it's crazy. It's insane. You know, I, I have like the uh, Titans, you know, the stadium's not too far from me. It's just down the street. Right. Well, I'll tell you right now that volunteer stadium is almost twice the size. Right. Um, but yeah. can, I just, I can just picture if I went to that game that I just went to and <laughs> there was nothing but quarterbacks. God, that right. was an incredibly <laughs> awkward, yeah. very yeah. awkward, very boring you know, yeah. weird game to watch, you know, if people totally. aren't necessarily playing the roles that they're supposed to play to effectively, you know, as right. a team get to the end zone, that would right, be right. a super awkward game. But but you're right, though. Our industry doesn't do that. What do we right. want? We want nothing but quarterbacks. You know, yeah, we, want, exactly. we want all Peyton Mannings on our team. We yeah. want superstars. Yeah. Everyone has to be a yeah. superstar. Um, yeah. You know, that that takes... Like, I mean, I think to get to that stage requires some pretty effective communication, you know, because yeah. how yeah. do you effectively communicate such a strategy in the sense that it doesn't sound negative, right. but ultimately end up building culture. And I know you guys right. have on how we, how we can execute that. Yeah. So like when it comes to communication, you know, the first thing typically that we think of is just, um, well, I'll just like put it out there for, uh, people to consider, but it's like when I, when you hear the word communicate, what's, what comes to mind? And for me, like it's, it's, uh, for a long time, it was verbalizing. It was, it was talking, but actually the, the key to great effective communication is, is listening. That's where it starts. And, you know, there's, there's really three different levels to, to active listening. And, and man, I, I don't know, I can't say this with certainty because I haven't been inside all the dealerships. I don't know all the, you know, the dealers in, in the world and stuff like that. So um, it wouldn't be fair for me to assume this, but I, I would say that there's probably an opportunity for us to become better at listening to our team, like listening to what isn't being said, listening to their body language, listening to their tonality, like just really being as present with them as we possibly can. Um, because what happens I find in the retail space is like we, we get so consumed by what's going on around us. There's so much activity, there's so much stimulus that it's so difficult for us to be able to actually just slow down and hear what the other person's trying to say without saying it in some instances. And then I think what happens is through active, the active listening process, that's gonna elicit better quality questions from us, that's just going to arise naturally through the better we listen. And then what happens from there is that the better questions we ask, the better answers we're going to get and the cycle kind of continues. And I think the best way to do this is to sit down with your, per with your team member, if you can, like, 
I know this is going to sound like a lot, but even if it's, you know, once a day for 15 minutes or once a week for 30 or 60 or whatever that is, it's like being intentional about it just to give them a safe place to be able to just talk about what's ever on their mind. You know, maybe they're not in the right role. Maybe, you know, maybe they're trying and forcing themselves to be a quarterback, but in reality, they're a running back. So mm -hmm. not, not a big step backwards by any means, but maybe just a pivot that needs to happen. And for both of us to understand like where the expectations are from that point going forward. And so I would say that the process would be intentional one-on-one -on -one time, really, really be present with them as best you can, active listening. That will lead to better questions. Better questions will lead to better answers and then better results from that. That's the way I look at it. No, look, you're, you're hundred percent right. I mean, I know we're getting towards the tail end of our conversation and I'm confident we yeah. could easily go hold another hour, uh, you know, yeah, on, totally. yeah. on, on these topics, but you're right. If we yeah. can't effectively communicate in a safe and mm -hmm. that's, that's key that's, that's key i'm using the word safe right i'm trying to figure out how i want to cut but but no you're right it, it has to be communicated in a safe way that it doesn't come out in this negative way and, and, and unfortunately I, I find our industry will communicate this by just changing a pay plan um and, and that's that's a horrible thing you're laughing but you know i'm right it's just you know like it's just Good, effective communication. It takes a little bit more time. It takes a little bit more face-to-face, -face, a little more eye contact, yeah. you know, totally. but, you know, for, for everyone to have the same goal, I need everyone to be on the same page and working yeah. towards the ultimate strategy. But if I'm not communicating that effectively to them, how am I ever going to get to place? You know, look, yeah. Brandon, I, I, I know that uh, we could definitely continue this conversation. We'll go way beyond it. But, and I think we are, we're going to have to do a part two. hundred percent, we're going to do a part okay. two okay. on this one. We'll see what the audience says. <laughs> we'll see it now. I like, hey, thank you the audience. Uh, for everybody yeah. out there watching and listening right now who, um, you know, don't know maybe too much about you or like to learn more or connect with you, yeah. follow along yeah. with your journey, What's yeah. the best way to connect with you? Uh, LinkedIn, man. That's where I spend the majority of my time. It's just uh, just on there. So what you'll find in my feature section as well is, um, you know, I have a newsletter that comes out every Saturday that I've really designed specifically for uh, automotive leaders, managers, uh, anyone really in the automotive space with, you know, like relevant stories that they'll be able to relate to and some strategies and things like that as well. Um, have, uh, have my book on there that we talked about before, Rethink Selling. And, uh, and then also just a cool little ebook. It's, it's a 66 pager, um, no email required. Just click the, click the link and then it'll pop up for you on your computer and, and, uh, be ready for you to download. So that's it. I look, I really appreciate your passion for our industry. I appreciate yeah. your commitment to, to, uh, cultivating, you know, better leaders in our industry. And you know yeah. what? I am so glad that we ran into each other so many years ago yeah. at the dinner. Yeah. And had an argument because uh, yes. <laughs> we get to continue to have conversations like this. Hey, Brent, yeah, so much for, uh, this has been a lot of fun, man. So, so thank you so much for taking the time to jam with me. You have yourself an amazing day, sir. Thank you. You too, buddy. I appreciate you. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to the Strategy with Jason podcast with your host, Jason Harris. Don't want to miss new content? Be sure to check out the full podcast library at strategywithjason.com to stay in the know. Remember to like, comment, and subscribe. Happy podcasting.